want to give that hand clap to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God, for your spirit that we feel here in this place, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. There's nothing like being in your presence, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. We're thankful this morning. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, yes, God. Yes, God. There's none like you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen, amen. God bless you all. It's good to be here this morning. Give honor to uh, Pastor Sparks. Give honor to Brother Darian. I'm so excited that he is the new youth secretary, not just because I'm not it anymore, but uh, I'm so excited because I know him and his wife are going to do a phenomenal job, and I know you're excited for them as well. Amen. I want to give honor to uh, my pastor today, Bishop Ted Graves, and I give honor to him. Also, honor to your pastor, Brother Daryl Sparks. Love him dearly. Love his family. Give honor to Brother and Sister King. Appreciate part of that lesson that we heard this morning. Amen. Amen. It's good to be here. There's nothing like being in church on a Sunday morning, you know? If you're ever out of town or something and you miss church, you're just like, man, something's missing. I love being in church on a Sunday morning. Amen. We'll be turning to uh, Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 7. Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 7. It's also good to have my wife with me here. She's, uh, is it 35 weeks? 35 weeks pregnant with our first child. So we're very excited. We're due in December. We're having a son. His name is Valor. So we're excited to welcome him into our family. And uh, it gets harder as the days go by, but we're going to make it. Amen. Amen. If you have it, say amen. If not, hopefully they'll put it on the screen. Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 7. This is the uh, Apostle Paul speaking to the church at Colossia. And starting with verse 6, Paul says, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as ye have therefore been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. I'd like to speak to you on this subject this Sunday morning on deeper than doubt. Deeper than doubt. You may be seated. The Bible refers to trees and plants several times in correlation to spiritual truths. Jesus was always taking people from what they understood in the natural to tell them a spiritual truth. In Psalms chapter 1 and verse 3, most of us, I'm sure, could quote it if you've been in church any length of time. The psalmist says, And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. This is talking about the blessed man. That bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. And Jesus, in his teachings, used the analogy of a vine and branches to refer to our relationship as believers with the Lord Jesus. He says in John chapter 15, verse 5, speaking of himself, he says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. The analogy of a tree has several spiritual correlations. A tree, first of all, must grow down before it grows up. And the roots of a tree keep it from getting knocked over. That's why they put up those little sticks and little things that tie to it when you first plant a tree so it doesn't get knocked over because it doesn't have an established root system yet. And the deeper the roots, the stronger the tree. That's why people get upset when, you know, the city goes into a new building project and they have these old growth trees and they cut them down. It's a tragedy because those trees have stood the test of time. Those roots go deep into the soil and they've, they've weathered many storms. But the deeper the roots, the stronger the tree is. But the unfortunate tragedy is that no one sees the roots. No one appreciates how far down a tree has to go to get strong. You know, somebody said Rome wasn't built in a day, but strong roots don't grow overnight. 
there is a maturation and sustainable growth that must take place in order for a tree not only to get good roots, but also to bear fruit. No one sees the root system growing, but it is so vital to the health and survival of that tree. And it goes without saying, but roots must come before fruit. A lot of people, you know, when they first come to God, they get excited and they're desiring that spiritual fruit, which is awesome. We should never stop desiring to be more like Jesus. We should never stop desiring to bear that spiritual fruit. But you must realize that you've got to have roots before you can have fruit. And there is something that goes deeper than doubt, and that is faith. I believe that it is the unequivocal will of God that each and every believer, under the sound of my voice, grow and mature in their faith. It is the absolute will of God, regardless of where you're at in your relationship with Jesus, that you grow, that you mature, that you establish roots in faith. And the best way to allow your faith to go deeper than doubt is to grow, is to grow spiritually. We all encounter doubt along the way in this Christian walk. It's just life. It's just the way it happens. None of us are shielded from doubt. None of us just have this little protective covering around us that doubt can't get through. It's just a way of life. Doubt is out there and looking to get in. And we all have at some point doubted our experience and our walk with God. We all have at some point doubted what we have been taught to believe. But the reason we have elders in the church, the reason you see some gray-headed elders sitting around here is because they've stuck around. They've taken time to put down roots. They've taken time to take in the word of God, to spend time in his presence, and to put their roots down and to go deeper than doubt. Some of you may wonder, is there ever a point where I'm never going to doubt again? Is there a point in my prayer life where I get to a place in God where doubt will never seep in anymore? Unfortunately, the answer is no. But the deeper your faith goes, the more faint the voice of doubt is in your life. Doubt is still there, but when you're tuned in to the voice of God, like we heard in Sunday school this morning, when you're listening to the voice of the Spirit, and God is speaking to you on a daily basis, whether through His Spirit and through His Word, the more faint that doubt grows in your life. No one can grow for you. As much as your pastor loves you, as much as the leadership in this church loves you and they pour into you and invest in your life, they can't grow for you. You must be the one to decide if you're going to grow and mature spiritually. You must be the one to feed yourself spiritually. Yes, we come to church like we're here this morning where we get fed spiritually, but Monday through Friday when you're not here, you've got to be able to feed yourself spiritually and gain sustenance from the word of God. You must be willing to take time to fall in love with the word of God. In order to bear fruit, you must have roots. And in order to have roots, you have to go deeper than doubt. Your roots may still be growing. Maybe you're new to this. But fruit takes time. Fruit takes time. And it takes time to mature. It doesn't just happen instantly overnight. Many times we seek to have the fruit but neglect the growth that it must take place to see that fruit. Somebody once said, you can always hear the sound of a great tree falling. But you rarely hear the sound of a great tree growing. If you go into a forest... Sometimes in the wintertime when the snow is heavy on the trees, uh, maybe like in southern Oregon where they get snow a lot, you'll hear the crashing of these branches and these trees falling down under the weight of that snow because they can't take it anymore. But you go in the summertime into a forest and you might hear birds, you'll hear maybe chipmunks and other wildlife. But even if you have a really good ear, you can't hear trees growing. I mean, they may sway in the wind. You may hear the bark cracking and things like that. But you don't hear a tree growing, but you can always hear a tree falling. If you're frustrated today because maybe you're hungry for spiritual fruit, you're hungry to be in that place where you know God wants you to be and you've not been producing that spiritual fruit, 
then let me tell you, you're not far from where you need to be because you have that hunger. But on the contrary, if you think you've arrived, then perhaps you stopped growing. Any tree that stops growing immediately begins to die. It just takes up space. I don't know about you, but I'm not much of a gardener. If I have a tree in my yard that looks dead, and it looks dead for several months, eventually I'm just going to pull it out because it's taking up space. It looks horrible. But there's no use for trees that don't produce fruit. Jesus told us that in Matthew chapter 7, verse 19. He says, every tree that brings forth not fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. There are so many voices looking for an audience in our world. It doesn't take much. You can pick up your phone, log into your computer, wherever, and there's so many voices vying for our attention. There's political voices, voices about the economy, things about the news, things like that just try to encroach on your time. There's so many things like false doctrine, false teachers are all over. Deception runs rampant. Sometimes you don't even know who or what to believe anymore. But this is not a new problem. We like to think that we have just this, we're really special. We have these unique problems in our day and age, which we do have some. But this isn't a new problem. Because in the, in the New Testament, when the church was first founded, they dealt with this problem too. Evidently, it was a major problem. Because in the New Testament, Paul, Peter, and Jude all dealt with the issue of uh, false teachers in their epistles, which we have in our New Testament. In 2 Peter the apostle was dealing mainly with false teachers in the church and warning believers to be aware of these false teachers lest they be snared in that same error. In this context, in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18, Peter is wrapping up the entire uh, epistle of 2 Peter. He had already written to the church once, and he's writing to them a second time, and he's talking about false teachers. In the very last part of that, in uh, verse 18, he says, But grow in grace. And in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to him be glory both now and forever. Amen. In other words, Peter, in wrapping up talking about warning them about false teachers and false doctrine, he gives them the remedy for false doctrine, and that is to grow. He says, but grow in grace. Because if you're growing, you're not listening to the voices of doubt. If you're growing, you're not listening to false doctrine because you're always taking in the word of God. Your roots are going deeper than doubt. The best way to avoid false doctrine is to grow spiritually. Also in Colossians, Paul is dealing with this same subject with false teachers. Uh, Colossians chapter 2 verses 4 through 10, Paul says, and this I say, lest any man beguile you with enticing words. How many of you know there's enticing words in our day and age? For though I be absent in the flesh, yet I am also with you in the spirit, join and beholding your order. And the steadfastness of your faith in Christ, he's speaking about their faith. And as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality, in power. In other words, Paul is saying you don't need to go follow these other teachings that are contrary to the word of God to make your life complete. Because in Jesus Christ, if your faith is rooted in him, that you are complete in him. The best way to overcome the slippery slope of false doctrine is to be rooted steadfastly in truth. You can unmask false doctrine and see it for what it really is if you look through the lens of truth. Our faith must go deeper than doubt. You see, doubt is very surface level. Doubt's very surface level. When the winds of false doctrine blow, those with shallow roots unfortunately 
fall over because their roots were not deep. But our faith must go deeper than doubt. Doubt can even work for us if we allow it to. It will drive us deeper and deeper in our understanding of the word of God. You see, when we doubt, it can feel as if we are falling lower and lower and sinking deeper and deeper. But what it will do if we will let it is drive us deeper and deeper into the word of God. If you don't ask questions, you'll never get answers. And if we never seek out the answers, we will never grow in truth. We will stay surface level in our understanding and in doctrine. You see, doubt's not always necessarily an enemy because doubt is an invitation for greater revelation. Doubt is an invitation for greater revelation. Jesus, in the, in the few one-on-one -on -one interactions that we see that he had with individuals in the New Testament, he was always inviting people to go as far as they wanted to go in truth. As hungry as they were, that's as far as he would take them into truth and understanding. One of these disciples that we have unfortunately dubbed Doubting Thomas is a perfect example of this. As much grief as we give Thomas, there's a little bit of Thomas inside each of us. There's a little bit of Thomas inside us because Thomas was credited with not believing that the Lord was raised from the dead. He needed physical evidence that what he was told to believe was actually true. This is when we cross the threshold from ignorant to understanding. When we get to the point where we are so hungry for truth that we are willing to put our faith on the line and put it to the test. That is the exact point when we loose from the moorings of doubt and launch into the depths of faith. When you're willing to put your faith on the table and say, God, I'm hungry for more of it. God will come through and he will show that to you. He will not let you go without another experience. He will not let you go hungry for more truth, but he is willing to fill you up again and again. If you don't ask questions, You'll never get answers. And as deep as you want to go, that's how far you can go in God. If you want more of God, you can have it. If you want more truth, you can have it. It's all dependent on your level of hunger. That's what separates the strong from the weak. The strong disciples are the ones that go beyond just the surface level. They take time to invest personally in their understanding of the word of God. They want more than just the loaves and the fishes and then be on their way for another week. But they stay around and let their faith grow. My challenge today is for those who want more, for those who are willing to dig deeper and let their roots go deeper than doubt. Our faith must be rooted in Jesus Christ and him alone. Our faith cannot be in governments. Our faith cannot be in organizations. Our faith can't be in man. Because if it's in anything else but Jesus Christ, we're going to be sorely disappointed. The only faith that will keep us in trials and tests of life is our faith in Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of that faith. We cannot rely simply on our experience because our experience must be married with good doctrine. We must know for ourselves that there is only one God and that there is only one way to be saved. We can't just have somebody tell us and us take it for face value, but we've got to know for ourselves. We've got to let our roots go deep into truth. The Bible describes doubt like the wind. Ephesians chapter 4 verses 14 through 15, Paul says that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head 
even Christ. In other words, Paul's saying there's a lot of doctrine out there. It's like the wind that's blowing around constantly. You don't, you don't stop the wind. The wind's always there. You can maybe sense the direction of it, but the wind's always going to blow. But he's saying don't let false doctrine like the wind blow you over, but rather have your roots deep in Jesus Christ. Strong Christians have strong doctrinal roots. And strong doctrinal roots are a result of having a love for truth. For trees, when there is a lack of resources on the surface, the roots will automatically dig deeper into the soil and search for the nutrients that they need to survive. I believe, personally, that sometimes God allows us to go through dry seasons where surface-level things aren't going to satisfy and suffice anymore, where God drives us to our knees and maybe to where we get a little bit more hungry, where we're willing to put our time and invest and put in our roots in a little deeper into truth. That way, we have the choice. We can either blow up or dry away and blow, dry up and blow away, or we can allow our roots to go deeper and further into truth. It makes us reach further and dig for those spiritual nutrients that our spiritual man so desperately needs. Either way, we've got to have it, and sometimes we dig deeper to get to what we need. There may be seasons of life when just reading one chapter of the Bible a day isn't enough. Maybe you sense that hunger inside of you. Man, I want to dig deeper. I want to, I want to get more into the Word of God. Or maybe 15 minutes of prayer just isn't cutting it anymore. And you feel that hunger and that desire welling up inside of you. Where you want to go deeper. Where your roots are searching to go deeper into the Word of God. It's time of, for some of us to go deeper than you've ever gone before. I believe the call of God today for this church is he's challenging us to go deeper. To stop being sufficient with the, the surface level things. To allow our roots to go deeper and deeper in the things of God. It's like a child. When a boy or girl is young, there's what we would call blind obedience to the parents. And that's a good thing, right? I want my son to take my word for it that the stove is hot. I don't want him to touch it. I mean, he may have to learn the hard way, but that's his choice. But there's this blind obedience when we're young. We just take our parents' word for it. They say, don't run out into the street. Well, the street looks fine to me, but they said, don't do it. So hopefully we obey that. But that toddler just has to trust his parents that the stove is hot and that the street is a dangerous place. And he may not even understand why, but as he gets older, he can begin to move from blind obedience to greater understanding. He can realize why the stove is hot, why that's going to hurt him, or why the street is a dangerous place to, to play. Let me tell you, we will never stop needing a pastor in our lives. We will never outgrow the need for spiritual authority in our lives. We'll never come to a point where we no longer need submission to godly authority. But on the same coin, we cannot expect our pastor to keep changing our diaper when we've been coming to church for many years, there must be growth at some point that takes place on our part when we move from milk to strong meat. As Christians, all of us, when we first come to the Lord, we came to the Lord in that, if you will, blind obedience. We came to a church service where a man of God stood behind a pulpit and declared to us the word of God and told us, how to be saved, and thank God I had that blind obedience that I'd let my faith go, and I trusted him for what he said, and that's how we get saved. Blind obedience is what saves us, but spiritual maturity is what will keep us saved. We need to come to a place where we delve deeper into the word of God, where we come into a greater understanding, a greater revelation, so that we ourselves can teach others the word of God. You see, it's not enough that you just come to church on a weekly basis and get ministered to. There's sometimes where I come to church and I feel like I'm just crawling through the door. I need to get ministered to. But more often than not, we should be in a place in our walk with God where we are willing to minister to one another, where we're mature enough, where we can impart the word of God to our brothers or our sisters in Christ. It would seem weird to us today if we saw a 30-year-old man living in his parents' basement 
still wearing diapers, crying when he needs food, wanting his parents to do everything for him, right? It, it seems laughable, r- ridiculous. And it seems that way in the physical, but how many times do we do that in the spiritual? Where we come to church, and we, we need to be in a place where we're mature, but we're still a baby in Christ. You must eventually move from needing to always be ministered unto to a place of ministering to others and helping others to grow, sharing our experience with maybe that new saint in Christ saying, hey, you're going to make it. It's going to be okay. I remember going through that when I first came to the Lord, or I remember going through this trial in my life, and we can impart that growth that we experienced in order to encourage them to grow as well. Yes, I will always need a man of God in my life. I cannot grow beyond needing to be submitted to my pastor. I still need to come hear the word of God preached to me, not just on Sundays, but on Wednesdays. Every chance I get, I need, I need to be fed spiritually. But the pastor cannot grow for me. It's like setting a table, having a party. You can invite as many guests as you want to. You can have the, the most exquisite spread of food, delicious food set out. But it's up to those people who come to your party to eat, to take part, to get involved in what's going on. It's just like that when we come to church. The pastor spreads out the table of the word of God. He, he lays out loaves of bread. He lays out fish and meat and things like that that God gave him that week to give to the church. What God is speaking to the pastor. And he spreads out that table every week. But it's up to us to come to that table and to eat and to partake of what God is trying to say to us. Your prayer life, you must be the one who chooses how much growing you will do. Your pastor can't pray for you. He will pray for you and and that God will help you, that God will help you to grow, but he can't pray for you in place of you. You must have that relationship with God. You must come to the, the throne of God every single day. He can't do that for you. He can plead the blood of Jesus over you. He can pray for your soul and pray that God will help you in that day. But you yourself must have that relationship with God. Those of you who are married in a relationship with your spouse, when you first, the very first thing you started doing when you, uh, before you were ever married is communicate with that person. That's how it starts, right? I mean, you can't just you know, be on opposite sides of the church and just kind of stare at each other for a while and say, hey, we have a great relationship. Right? Sometimes it's through text. Sometimes it's through email or, you know, for those of us who are, you know, a little bit older, maybe letters, writing letters to each other. The very first embryonic stage of that relationship with, was communication. But it doesn't stop there, because if you get married and then you just stop communicating, guess what? You're probably not going to have a very good marriage anymore. But that communication, it grows. It gets more intimate. It gets deeper. You begin to talk about deeper things in that relationship, and that's just that way in our relationship with the Lord Jesus. When we first come to God, yeah, it starts out with communication, but it must continue in communication. must continue in prayer, getting to know the Lord through prayer, getting to know the Lord through his word. The body of Christ must grow together. Paul was very big on unity and togetherness in the church. I'm so thankful for elders in my life. When I come to my home church every week and I see that precious elder sitting on the back row somewhere, that they've been, they're there every week, they're there for every prayer meeting, every Wednesday night, and I love it because that encourages me as a young person. But we must not be content to leave our fellow brothers or sisters behind in the growth process, but rather we should be encouraging one another to grow, to do the same, challenging one another. Hey, what did you read in the Bible this week? What did God tell you this week in prayer? Challenging one another to grow. In closing today, for those musicians that are coming, if you would make your way, besides our faith, there is one thing that even when our faith fails us, even when it seems like our faith isn't enough, there is one thing 
that will still go deeper than doubt. And that is the love of God. Romans chapter 8, verses 38 through 39, Paul says, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. When we could not reach God, when our arms were not long enough, in our sins where we could reach Him, when we couldn't get to Him, His love reached down to us. It reached past our fears. It reached past that doubt that we had inside of us. It reached past our sin and came to where we were. And in simple obedience and in response to His love, we came to Christ. You see, the love of God goes deeper than doubt. When you were seemingly surrounded by doubt and in your sin, the love of God went deeper. It cannot simply be explained away. There's no song, there's no words that can describe the love of God adequately. You cannot deny His love for us. It is overwhelming. It is constantly reaching. It is constantly searching for the sinner. Even here today, the love of God is reaching down to where you are, wanting to bring you up higher. It goes deeper than doubt. It's constantly reaching for the sinner and the prodigal and the saint alike. It meets us where we are, just as we are, and invites us up higher. You see, regardless of how far you fall into doubt, we all have times where we stumble. We all have times, even as mature Christians, where maybe we're doubting our experience, where maybe, well, is the baptism in Jesus' name really important? Do I really need to show up to church? You know, am I really about this? The love of God reaches further to where we are in our doubt and pulls us up. It goes deeper than doubt. It goes deeper than fear. And it goes deeper than the questions that we have. I'm so thankful for the love of God in my life that even when I'm weak, His love reaches for me. I'm not giving us an excuse to live in sin, but I'm thankful that in my sin, His love reached down to me and pulled me up. I'm talking about going deeper than doubt. I don't know where you are, saint of God, today. Maybe you're doing really well in your walk with God. But maybe for some of us, there's some questions that's been in your heart and in your mind. Is this really real? Is the Bible really true? Does God really love me? We all have questions like that. and Maybe nobody else knows but you. But if you're struggling with doubt today, let me tell you that the love of God goes deeper than doubt. Your faith can go deeper than doubt if you will let it, but it starts with responding to the love of God. Why don't we stand this morning and just lift our hands Jesus, I thank you for your love. God, that it goes deeper than all my doubts, God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. When I first came to you, God, that your love reached past everything, oh God, in my life, the ache and the filth, oh God, that was in me. Oh, hallelujah, God. There's a saint here today, God, that wants to go deeper than doubt, God. There's a saint here today, God, that is wanting to go further and deeper in you, that is hungry for growth, God. Hallelujah, God. There's somebody here that needs to experience your love one more time, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus.